Well, good morning. This is Pastor Bill at Solid Rock Bible Church. Got a, another little short message for you today, but I think it's one that we all need to listen to and hear. Uh, I've entitled this message, God Has a Purpose for Everything He Does. And God does have a purpose for everything that He does. And you know, I guess in this day and time that if I had to come up with one word to describe the times we're living in today, it would be the word uncertainty. Uncertainty affects the way we all live. When we're uncertain about things, it really does affect our way of living, our, our life. And, uh, you know, I'm sure some of us have some uncertainties in our life today. Because of this, I, I want to look at, at, at some scriptures and look at Jeremiah chapter 29. And I think this is really important because it really speaks a lot about what uh, God did with the Israelis, why he did it, and his purpose for doing it. Like I said, God has a purpose for everything he done and putting the Israelites and so forth in captivity and so forth. He had a purpose for doing it. And uh, he's got a purpose for our life. For everything that takes place in our life, God's got a purpose for this happening. And a lot of the things that we do, we bring these things on ourselves, And we don't listen to God's word but we just want to do what we want to do, how we want to do it, act the way we want to act without considering what God says about it. But I'm going to start out here. I'm going to start out. The scriptures I'm going to read, now they're going to be, I've kind of skipped here just a little bit. I'm going to read uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 1. And then from verse 1, I'm going to skip and read 4 through 7. Because that uh, 2 and 3 there is just kind of a, some stuff there that uh, we can bypass. I mean, God's Word is so important, but for to us right now, we can kind of overlook uh, that part. It says, <clears throat> Now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the remainder of the elders who were carried away captive. God had Jeremiah send a letter to the remainder of those that were carried away to kind of talk to them. And it says, to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. So this letter was sent to all of these people, to the priests, the prophets, and all that Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive. It says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom, now I want, to, I, want, I, want to listen, I want you to listen to this, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. We see right here, God says, I caused this to come about. I caused it to take place. Now, I know that the Israelites... Don't understand it right now, but they will. And here in verse 5, it says, God is telling these people, build houses 
and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may increase in number and therefore not diminish. Then in verse 7 it says, And seek the, play, the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. And pray to the Lord for peace. For in its peace you will have peace. You know, notice it told them to take wives, to have sons, daughters, to plant them. Settle in because you're going to be. And uh, we know that they were there for, for, for quite a spell. But the nation of Israel, like we've been reading about, has been taken captive by the Babylonians. They are now captives. They are there because God caused them to be there. This was God's plan. You know, for many years they went for many years they went into captivity because God told them time and time again he warned them what would happen if they did not turn from their sinful ways and turn back to him. God had told them like I said time and time again for he, he gave them chance after chance to change their lives, to, to, to come back to Him, to worship Him. to You know, here in, in Exodus 23, in, in Exodus 20, verse 3, and it, it, it says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. This was the third commandment that God told the Israelites. I mean, it was... The first thing he said, excuse me, I said third commandment is verse 3. It said, uh, you are to have no other gods before me. You're to bow down to no other god. You're to worship no other god. I am your god, and I will be with you. You know, there was prophet after prophet that preached to the people of Israel and warned them about what God told them to tell them. But they did not listen. You know, I think this here is a whole lot of what's going on in America today. We're being warned, and we're being warned about the things that's going to happen, the things that are coming, and nobody seems to be listening. You know, I think God is often an altar call to this world today. The, probably the biggest and the most important altar call that we've ever had is to come, change our ways, come back to God like we used to, Get away from the things that are drawing us away from God, but to come back to God. And many people, well, I don't believe this. I don't know. We're told all through God's Word there is going to be a time in this world, and we all know what it's called. It's called the tribulation, and we're right on the edge of it now. We're right on the edge of it. It's beginning to happen. But, you know, these Israelites, instead of turning back to God, seems like they strayed further and further away from God. And if we look at this world today, we're doing the same thing. It seems like we're straying further and further away from God. We're getting away from God's Word. As you look in a lot of the churches now, you see the people. Are, it, it, it said that there would be a falling away in the end times. Well, 
as we look around now, we can kind of see that happen. I know a lot of people are using the excuse, of, well, I, I don't want to get out uh, and uh, with all this virus and stuff, you know. But we get out, we go to the grocery stores, we go to do this, we go to restaurants, we go everywhere else. And just like I've told my people here in the church, if you feel comfortable wearing a mask, wearing gloves, then that's what you do. But you come and you hear God's Word. We cannot, we don't need to get away from God's Word, but we need to sit under that Word. We need to get that Word down on the inside of us because, of, because the more we miss out on hearing God's Word, the further we stray from God's Word. So, then we ask ourselves, what could God do that would cause His people to turn back to Him? God had warned them, come back, come back. But in the year of 586 B.C., God caused, now listen, God caused the Babylonians to invade Jerusalem and conquer it. And during that time, or that seizure of that city, many of the Jews were carried away into captivity. Did God, did, and I'll ask a question, did God cause this to happen? Because he had turned against his people. You know, we look at this and we might think, that this is what God's done. But there's one scripture that's found just a little further down in the chapter, and that's Jeremiah 29, 11. And I think probably the biggest part of y'all probably know what this, chat, this, this scripture is. This is what God is saying. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. No, it was not God's purpose to destroy the people. It was not His purpose to destroy. It was, a, it was to draw them back. Sometimes, you know, we go through hardships. We go through things. And sometimes it's when we go through these hardships and we go through these things that makes us all of a sudden start thinking about God again. We have people right now that's going through some hardships. They've got family that's uh, going through things. They're going through things, and they're wondering, why is this happening? Why is this going on? Well, here is a scripture that I want to read right now. Every Christian, we need to know. We need to get this into our spirit. And this is God talking. It's Isaiah 46, verse 10. It says, I declare the end from the beginning and ancient times from what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand and all my good pleasure will be accomplished. Even before God's plan begins, even before it starts, God already knows how it's going to end. God already knew before the Israelites were taken into Babylon and, and, and captured for all those many years as how it would end. And so I just want to say, if there's any uncertainty in your life today, I want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for everything that He is allowing to happen. He's making us sit back and wonder, God, what's going on? Why has all this happened in my life? Why is this going on? Why are you doing this? And I think really down deep, 
if we're going through some stuff right now, say you were once, say, say you, you was a regular church attender. You went to church every Sunday. You sat under the scriptures. You sat under the word. And all of a sudden, it seemed like other things started getting important to you. Going to the lakes, going fishing, going to the restaurants, going doing this, going doing that. You was not putting God first in your life any longer. God says, I am to be number one in your life. You're to worship me and worship me only. You're not to have idols in your life. It's just like, I, I think it was Sunday, I was talking to the congregation, I told them that anything in your life that you put ahead of God is an idol to you. And this upsets God. And sometimes God will do what he has to do to make us realize that we need to turn and come back to him. See, that's what happened to these Israelites. They were thinking how good it was and how good they had it at one time. But now they're asking questions. Why didn't we listen? Why didn't we listen to what the prophet said? Why didn't we pay attention? Look where we are today because we neglected God. Many times today we are neglecting God in our daily life. We are neglecting him. We're neglecting his love. We're neglecting the way he loves us and feels about us, the way he cares about us. And this, God's going to do what he has to do to turn you around. I know not everybody is going to turn around. Even in the book of Revelations, over it tells that many harden their heart because of the things that God done, and they would not repent. Well, that's going to happen again. They're going to get angry, they're going to get mad, and they won't repent. They're going to blame God, they're going to curse God, they're going to turn from God. But you know, God said this would happen. And it is happening. It's happening right now. We need, just like God said, we need to come back to God. We need to stand up for God. I know that they're even trying to limit back again how many or who can come to church. If this world has a way of doing, with, doing uh, what they want to do, there would be no church. We have to stand for God and for His Word and believe in Him and believe that He is going to take care of everything in our life. You know, if there's any uncertainty in your life today, know that God has a plan and a purpose for everything that he has allowed to happen or that he is allowing to happen. God carefully watches over everything that is according to his will. If it's according to God's will, God is watching over it and he's taking care of it. You know, the scripture we just read a while ago, Isaiah 46.10, tells us that God determines and knows what the end will be even before it happens. God already knows what the turnout's going to be, what is going to happen. But even before he, he puts you through it, he knows how you're going to respond. He knows, he knows what your thoughts will be. He knows the end from the beginning. And Paul tells us in Romans 8.28 that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Jeremiah in these scriptures and in his words shows us that even when life is uncertain, 
we can still be certain that God is in control. God knows what is going to happen in the end. He knows what is going to happen all through the things that we're going through. And God still loves us, and he is there to help us. But we have to turn back from, from our life, from the way we're living. Many people have really changed, just like I said a while ago. They're, they're not in church anymore. They're out in the world. They're doing the things of the world. And uh, many of them are going through some real problems and going through some things. And they're at why? I want to tell you, there's nobody to blame but yourself. God has warned us. And I think, and we hear it all the time, but this is probably one of my favorite scriptures, and all of you know it. You've probably heard it enough. But 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, God is telling us. He's making it clear what we must do to, have, to come back to Him and have Him back in our lives and to receive His blessings. But listen, God says... If my people, which are called by my name, that's the Christian, if they will humble themselves, get rid of pride, pray, pray with your heart and be sincere, and seek my face or seek his presence in your life, and turn from our wicked ways or simple ways, he says here, listen to this, then when you do these things, when you humble yourselves, when you pray with your heart, when you seek my presence and turn from your wicked ways. In other words, when you come back to me and you repent, I will hear you from heaven and will forgive your sin and I will heal your land. God wants to restore us, but in order for this to happen, we must return to God. Now God's going to do whatever he has to to draw us back. God does not want God does not want to see us go into judgment. God wants us in heaven with him. There's going to be many people that are going to be standing before God who thought everything was just fine. And he's going to open up that Lamb's book of life and their name's not going to be there. Well, I thought my name would be there. Well, I accepted Jesus once. Yes, but did you do it in your heart? Did you really accept him in your heart because you truly, truly believed? Or did you just do it to satisfy some people around you and you never really changed? If you did something like that, no, you never really accepted God. You just went through the motions, but you didn't receive him. And without receiving him in your heart, truly believing in him, you're lost, my friend. You are lost. And the only destination you have is hell unless we come back to God with a pure heart, pray with sincerity, seek His presence in our life, repent with your heart, and return back to Him, and, and just ask Him to forgive all your sins. He will. He will forgive you. He will take you back. Don't wait. Because it says when he comes back, he's coming back as like a thief in the night. He's going to come back when we least expect it. When we're not looking for him. So we need to be looking for him all the time. We need to have our life right with God when he does come back. And when he comes back and the sound of that trumpet sounds, 
the dead in Christ shall rise, and those that are left behind, that they will join those that arose from the grave, and they will be in heaven with Jesus Christ for all eternity. He's coming back. Are you ready? And and the time is getting closer and closer and closer as we read his word, and he gives us warning. He's warning us now, just like he did these Israelites. Finally, he said he calls the Babylonians to invade Jerusalem and take them captive. Are you ready for Jesus' return? If you would, would you pray with me? Father God, I ask you in my heart, in faith, to come into my life, to forgive me of all my sins, to restore me, Lord. Draw me closer to you that I may serve you. Lord, I want you to be my Lord, to be my Savior. Father God, I want you to be my God. I believe in my heart that Christ died on that cross for me. I believe he shed his blood for the forgiveness of my sins. I believe that he was buried, and I believe that he, died, that he arose that third day. And I believe now he is sitting at your right hand in heaven, interceding for me to you. I believe this, Father. And I'm asking for my sins to be forgiven. And Lord Jesus, I'm asking for you to come into my heart, to change my life, that I may belong to you for all eternity. If you've prayed this right now, I want to just let you know, you are now saved. You're on your way to heaven when that time comes, and you will have eternal life. But we have to be obedient. We have to believe, and we have to walk in the words that God has given us. So I want to thank you today for listening. And I hope you've made a decision to walk with Christ, accept Him as your Lord and Savior, and know in your heart you have eternal life. So thank you all for being here. Thank you for listening. And I ask Jesus' blessings upon you and your family. And Lord God, just bless us all and be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you all next Wednesday.